0: Now, fight back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Good afternoon and welcome. China is ratcheting up the pressure on Canada in the wake of the arrest of Huawei CFO Meng Wanzhou. America's request. China confirmed it has detained a second Canadian on suspicion of quote, engaging in activities that endanger the national security. Entrepreneur Michael Spavor and former diplomat Michael Kovrig were taken into custody on Monday and Canadian officials have been unable to contact Spavor and authorities have declined to tell them whether he has been provided with a lawyer. Kovrig is an analyst on Northeast Asia for the International Crisis Group, which is a think tank. He is actually on leave from the Canadian government. He lives in Hong Kong. And to be diplomatic, it's not clear if these arrests are in relation to Meng Wanzhou's arrest. But Got to say, it certainly looks that way. We want to hear from you about what Canada should do. Are we doing the right thing? We are obviously right in the middle of a big dispute between China. And the United States, the numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Let's get right to it. On the line, we have Brian Crowley, Managing Director of the McDonald laurier Institute. And with me here in studio, Chuck Kwan with the Toronto Association for Democracy in China. Welcome. Thank you both for joining us.
2: Well, thank you. Yeah.
1: Okay, let's start with you, Chuck. What's your take on this?
2: Well, this is a pure retaliation, like you imply. This is very similar to a case we had a few years ago with uh, just uh, Mr. Garrett. Uh, He's the Canadian pastor from BC who was caught uh, with his wife uh, at the border between North Korea and China, and that was also a retaliation for Canadian arresting a Chinese national and handing him over to the U.S. So uh, we're seeing deja vu all over again.
1: And uh, you have said that uh, we are between a rock, uh, which is the United States, and a hard place, China.
2: Yes, I know Brian used that phrase too. So I I would put in the word crossfire. Uh, We're basically uh, caught in the crossfire between these two superpowers. And unfortunately... uh, You know, we're trying to have a trade with China and we're trying to be a good neighbor to the U.S. So, you know,
1: Brian, uh, our officials, Christian Freeland, we keep saying, and the prime minister keep saying, uh, look, this is a judicial process. Uh, There's no interference in it. We keep those two things separate. So uh, do the Chinese just not understand that?
3: Well, uh, Libby, I hope that what your listeners take away from this is that this is giving us an object lesson in what happens when we allow ourselves to become dependent on the Chinese. The Chinese are not our major trading partner yet. The United States is still by far our largest trading partner, but uh, China is... uh uh is uh is number two as far as i know uh and uh, it's very clear that what the chinese see uh, in our dependence on china not only current trade but the uh, the government's ambition to conclude a trade agreement with china which is a big priority for the uh, for the government in ottawa they see that as a position of vulnerability for the government of canada and they are unapologetically bringing every kind of pressure they can on canada to abandon our commitment to the rule of law and the fundamental institutions that make up this country and i think that this is a completely unacceptable uh, behavior on the part of the chinese and it's irrelevant whether we're caught between the united states and china the fact of the matter is this is what china is doing to canada and canada is going to have an important test of character to to pass here
1: uh- Yes. But on the other hand, uh, uh, this is we're doing this because the United States wants to extradite this woman. Uh, And Donald Trump, the president, has weighed in that he is not necessarily going to follow the letter of the rule of law. He said he's willing to intervene in this. Uh, So, Chuck, you know, where does that leave it?
2: Well, he's basically using Ms. Meng as a bargaining chip with China, um, you know, expecting concession. Uh, if you give me concession, I, I'm going to let the Canadians release the, uh, um, yeah, I, I won't extradite her back to the U.S. And this is very, co- not coincidental, by the way. Um, Ms. Meng has not stepped foot in the U.S. since 2014. She's afraid to, knowing that she's going to get caught. So my my point is the timing. Why this week? Why this month? And why not last year? Or why not the previous year? How
1: how often does she come to Vancouver? She
2: has a house in Vancouver. She has, uh, uh, um, you know, multi-million. She has investment properties here. Um, And uh, it's not surprising that she would spend quite a bit of time. Huawei also has a big operation in Canada as well, in Toronto, in Vancouver. So, you know. Uh, a, as you know, Vancouver property are uh, prime targets for Chinese investment, so it's not surprising that you would have two big houses.
1: And uh, what about that, uh, Brian? I mean, uh, you know, the United States and the way the president is behaving with all of this.
0: Well,
3: I, I have to think that the the president's behavior is shameful. Uh, uh, you know the, the idea that uh, he would use uh, this kind of uh, uh, you know extradition hearing as a political bargaining chip uh, really makes Canada's position very difficult. But the fact of the matter is that we are following the letter of the law, which is exactly what I think we want Canadian. Uh, you know, we want the government of Canada to do. This is what Canadians believe that we, regardless of how other people behave. We follow the rule of law. We play, we play things according to the rules. Uh, and um, uh, I, I'm sorry to say that uh, President Trump's behavior uh, may make it uh, more easy for the Canadian judiciary quite properly to say, well, gee, uh, uh, there's evidence here that this is a politically motivated uh, action by the government of the United States and therefore we will not agree to an extradition. I think that would be a pity. I would like to see this settled on its merits, and not on the fact that uh, the government of uh, the United States has uh, kind of thrown a curveball at, the, uh, at their own prosecution uh, in this case against Ms. Monk.
1: Uh, Chuck, uh, is is the issue of whether these allegations are true kind of getting lost in this? The allegations, of course, being uh, that uh, her company has been circumventing the sanctions against Iran and selling them stuff.
2: I'm pretty sure they, uh, she did. Um, but the, the point is, uh, you know, the, the U.S. is obviously playing a game with this as well. So they're not faultless. Trump is just being... Transparent and being truthful this time about what they intended to do. So to my point, you know why now? Why not a year ago to arrest her? You know that's that's all very pretty obvious in in most people's eyes. So um, and then of course you have the idea of saying, wow, well, just because you treat Iran as your enemy and you're having a sanction on on your products going to them. China can say, well, you know, Taiwan's my enemy. I want to stop your sale of arms to, China, to Taiwan. So, you know, it's tit for tat as well. So, And, and then fortunately, we're escalating uh, to the fact that we are now caught in the middle.
1: And, and Brian, you know, what's in this for Canada? Is, is there any scenario where we come out of this without getting hurt in some way for uh, this fight?
3: Well, Libya, I I really think it's very important that we separate out, you know, the short-term economic and trade issues that might arise from this and the longer-term issues of how we manage our relationship with China. My read on China is that China respects strength. Uh, uh, They do not respect people who will not stand up for themselves. And essentially what we're being offered here is a test by the Chinese authorities. They're saying, you know, if you want to have a closer relationship with us, you better play by our rules. And I think the only possible answer to that is the only rules that Canada plays by are Canada's rules. Uh, and if this is the way that you think we need to behave in order to have, say, a free trade agreement with you, the answer is no thanks. Uh, we will not change who we are in order to sell a few more barrels of oil or a few cubic meters of uh, natural gas or a few carloads of wheat uh, to China. It's just a bad deal.
2: I agree. I agree. Um, But the the issue here is that um, China very much wants Canada to, to let Huawei in the market. And we are the only country in the five eyes that allowed uh, Huawei to operate freely right now. Um, UK has recently banned all their uh you know governmental um, purchase uh, there of are, Huawei.
1: There and spe- there're issues with that as well. Exactly. With what technology uh, there there's uh there there is a a move to try to get our government not to allow people to use uh uh Huawei technology in our 5G networks. Um Brian, I know that you have to go, so I'm going to say thank you very much.
3: Libby, it's always a pleasure to be on the show.
1: Okay, great. Thanks very much. And we are going to bring in Hugh Stevens, who is a distinguished fellow with the Asia-Pacific Foundation of Canada. Hi there, Hugh.
4: Well, it's good morning here in uh, in, uh Canada. in British Columbia.
1: Okay, uh, great, we have you there. Uh, so what do you make of this situation? Canada obviously caught in the middle here.
4: Well I agree with the comment that we really we are caught in a crossfire. Um, it is a, uh, uh, a very difficult situation for Canada-China uh, relations and indeed for Canada's relations with the United States. Um, you know we need to sort of peel this back and 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 uh, and, and look at some of these issues and try not to uh, to link them too much in the first instance, of course, we have the uh, arrest in Vancouver of uh, Meng Wanzhou on the basis of a provisional warrant from the U.S. Department of Justice, and I think Canada quite rightly uh, followed through. We have a longstanding tradition of cooperation with the United States. We didn't look behind what uh, is is involved in this warrant. That will be done by the courts when the extradition hearing and the U.S. begins in February, and the U.S. presents its evidence. So, of course, we went through this period with whether she should get bail and so forth. And and personally, I'm glad that she did. I think common sense indicates she should be given bail. But then, of course, uh, the Chinese reaction of uh, of upping the ante by uh, grabbing uh, Michael Kovrig and now this uh, this second, apparently this second arrest. Chinese, of course, maintaining that they're not connected, but they're far more than coincidental. It's frankly a very ugly and counterproductive move by the Chinese. And if anything, it's going to stiffen Canada's resolve to follow through with a transparent legal process. That, frankly, is the only position that we can possibly take. And, uh, and we will need to take that, both with respect to Chinese pressure and apparent uh, U.S. pressure. You know, we don't really quite know where the U.S. is coming from. We have Mr. Trump's remarks. We have a DOJ process. Are the two completely aligned? Well, we'll have to wait and see.
1: Well, uh, you know, it, it certainly... Looks like the Americans are sticking it to us as well. I mean, I'm sorry if that's an impolite way of putting it.
4: We may have been played. I mean, uh, one of your earlier uh, uh, commentators indicated why now, why not a year ago, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know when the last time was that she was in uh, in Vancouver. As we all know, she owns a couple of properties there. Uh, She may have been there earlier this year. She may not have been. But if you sort of look at some of the documents, this is a DOJ proceeding. Uh, I believe the... uh, the, um, the uh, case was brought forward in August and, you know, the warrant was basically developed on that basis. And then I think she was arrested, frankly, as a matter of convenience. She happened to be going through Vancouver on the uh, on, on the 1st of December, which very coincidentally was the, almost the exact time that uh, President Trump was meeting with President Xi in, in Buenos Aires. And so they, they arrested her. Uh, and you know, up until Mr. Trump's perhaps off-the-cuff off, off the comments, unscripted comments, uh, the U.S. was maintaining, including the statement by the U.S. ambassador, this was a judicial process. You could take that, you know, one way or the other. I think certainly Canada uh, respected that process, and if we've been consciously played by the U.S., uh, then I think uh, this should be reflected in the court's decision to look at whether, in fact, what she is accused of is is is, a, is an extraditable offense, whether it is a violation of the Canadian Criminal Code, and whether this is being politicized. That will all have to come out in courts. So we're just going to have to wait and see and let the process play
2: out.
1: Uh, I would like to turn now to these two men who've been arrested in China. It, one of them, we haven't even been able to get in touch with them. If we look at some of these previous cases, uh, the outcome is not good, and they could be incarcerated for a very long time, and certainly in the case of Mr. Kovrig. He works for the government. The people who are dealing with the Chinese government know him very well. And uh, as Christopher Freeland said, are taking this very personally.
4: Well, Well, he doesn't work for the government right now. He works for the International Crisis Group and has done so for the last two years. But he is a a government employee on leave without pay. Um, But for the last two years, he's been in China... Well, I think he lives in Hong Kong, but he's been visiting China in a private capacity. Right. No, uh, we get that. But yes, but you're right. We don't know what's is, going yeah. to happen to these two individuals. And I think we have to be careful. There is still time to de-escalate this. China has, first of all, uh, uh, grabbed uh, Mr. Corbett, um and uh, that appears to be uh, covering. Pardon me. And that appears to be a tit for tat retaliation. I am quite surprised that there's been a second uh, detention. Uh, we need to know more about it. But it's quite ominous that both of these apparently are under the national security laws. I mean, these. First of all, that gives the Chinese wide scope to basically uh, deny what we would consider to be due process. But it's also extremely difficult to defend against because practically anything. It's so opaque. Practically anything could be construed to be against the national security laws. I mean, collecting data on, uh, the, you know, the annual wheat harvest of China could in theory be a violation of the national security laws. So if they're employing this, uh, that means, as you say, it, the, these people are p- going to be potentially held hostage for as long as this plays out. I certainly hope that's not the case. I certainly hope that uh, there's still opportunity in the early phases for this to de-escalate if the Chinese want that to happen. But it's not apparent that they're taking a very sophisticated approach
2: to this? Chuck? Well, they're taking a brute force approach. And this has been kind of uh, uh, China's attitude uh, since, for, since Xi Jinping has uh, assumed power. Basically, they're arrogant and they, they're superpower number two right now. So they don't give a damn about, um, you know, what your judicial process is. Uh, and the other thing that we need to understand is people like Michael Corbett has been followed. When he was in the Canadian embassy, and now when he's out of the Canadian Embassy, especially working with a NGO. And as you all as we all know, working for an NGO in a conflict zone is a very, very high risk uh, job. Now, Mr Karvik has gone has gone to Xinjiang, which is a troubled region uh, with a Muslim majority uh, in 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 China and China treated Xinjiang people, the Uyghurs uh, as a very, uh, you know, very, very suppress- with a lot of suppression, uh, almost to cultural genocide. So they are very, very uh, concerned or suspicious if a foreigner who speaks Chinese perfectly and who knows the Chinese culture and can talk to the local people is roaming around Xinjiang. So they, in that sense, uh, they have ample, uh, quote unquote, reasons to say that he's spying. And this is no coincidence because, you know, China is always on, on watch for people like that, that they can use when they need to.
1: And uh, this guy Spavor runs tours of North Korea, uh, businesses and other exchanges. And he's met Kim Jong-un and was instrumental in bringing former NBA star Dennis Rodman oh. to Pyongyang. <laughs> that North Korea connection, I would think, does not augur well for him
2: no not at all I mean look at Garrett's case I yeah. mean this is the uh, exact replica of what's happening right now so so uh, you know this is the risk that we deal with China as we, as we say they don't have human rights they don't obey the rule of law while we diligently follow our values and our judiciary and, and so forth and they don't so I, I, I agree with the gentleman here you know we need to stand up um, In a sense, China depends on us more than we do, uh, because China is anxious to get Huawei in there, you know, national security notwithstanding on our part. Right. So so they have a big fight in their hands as well, because we are the only country right now that had allowed uh, unfettered access for Huawei technology.
1: Well, there's also, I've heard people say maybe what what we could do to retaliate is uh, to make it more difficult for Chinese citizens to visit here, to study here, to buy property here. Is, is, is there anything in that, Hugh?
4: I mean, exactly the wrong road. Uh, I think we need to, I'm not just saying we have to be nice because we're Canadians, but we also have to be conscious of uh, uh, damaging our own interests here. I mean, at this stage, to escalate it is only going to lead to uh, further damage. At the moment, it hasn't spilled over into the commercial relationship, educational relationship, and so forth. I mean, if you actually want an example of overreaction, this is quite outside the Chinese context, that's the reaction of Saudi Arabia to the tweets, you know, pulling out their students, doing this canceling contracts and those sorts of things. Um, we don't want to get into that sort of stage what we, tr- what we need to try and do is to isolate this particular case at the moment and convince the Chinese that we're going to follow through on the rules I mean they may continue to, to escalate they may deploy some uh, further commercial measures and so forth, as I say all that's going to do is stiffen Canada's resolve and they need to, they need to get that mass message the best thing would be to, to both sides to step back uh, to let the process run out and, 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 and see what happens but I think we would be damaging Canadian interests to unilaterally start to uh, threaten China. That would be a that taking on China in a, in, a, in, a, in a slugfest like that is a fight that we're not going to win.
1: Chuck, do you agree?
2: I agree. I agree. I, I, I think we we have to have our backbone, um, like the gentleman said, uh, but we also and we have to have our resolve. And we see where it goes. I mean, yes, there are a couple of Canadian lives at stake, um, but we cannot bend over backwards just because. You know, it's like uh, acceding to a hostage situation, right? And Basically, they're hostages.
1: And should we put up some kind of travel advisory or travel ban to Canadians traveling in China? Do you have a view on that?
2: Uh, not, bec- not due to this case. I mean, there's always been kind of, kind of cautionary tales. Uh, there are lots of over the last 30 years, there are a lot of cases where businessmen are caught. Uh, because uh, for some you know obs- obscure reason like you know tax evasion or trumped up charges like uh, avo- avoiding duty, which a BC winemaker actually um, got caught in, and uh, he's still in jail in China right now. Uh, so so China is uh, acting with impunity. Um, they they feel that they're so arrogant and strong enough now that they don't really care what the world thinks. Uh, they only care, you know, obviously what Mr. Trump thinks, maybe. Uh, but the thing is that they uh, and we have a we have a Trump card. We have a Huawei. However, I, I caution that, of course. Having said that, you know, Huawei is definitely a a national security threat uh, to Canada. So, so it's uh, yeah. We're, we're back to the heart. Uh, Rock in a Hard Place.
1: Okay, Rock in a Hard Place. I'm uh, sure that there will be many more developments on this. We've got to wrap things up on this one now. Thank you so much. Hugh Stevens, Distinguished Fellow with the Asia-Pacific Foundation of Canada, and Chuck Kwan with the Toronto Association for Democracy in China. Thank you
4: both. Thank you, Libby.
0: Thank you.